Welcome to the CEO of Destiny podcast, where you will find the tools to fulfill the purpose of your generation and wildly succeed in the marketplace. And now your host, Andre J. Benjamin. And so um, it kind of growing up, uh, all those things and all those uh, experiences shaped who I am today. What I mean by that is like, I am aware that these are things that happen in the rest of the world. If everything was uh, sunshine and rainbows all growing up, I would be so uh, I would be so disconnected from reality. I'd be so disconnected from what's actually happening in the real world. And to be real, like I have, <clears throat> I've been playing b- basketball on the weekends with some of these uh, billionaires. It's pretty crazy. Some of the founders of some of the companies that you've heard of, and they. It's funny because a lot of them actually did grow up in a very uh, coddled bubble growing up, and they're so disconnected. And it sucks because they have resources. Like legit, one of them is worth eleven billion dollars. If he just even gives one tenth of that away <clears throat> towards uh, mission-driven things, that has insane impact. But because their upbringing was just kind of you know very you know they went to private school growing up and all that type of stuff, it's like they have they're they're very disconnected from reality. And my hope is in those relationships, you know, we play basketball and hang out, and whatever. Um, yeah, I'll essentially be able to help kind of uh, bring an eye-opening um, uh, kind of context or or, or uh, part to the conversation that will be helpful for them to grow too. But Anyways, going back to the origin story, <clears throat> all throughout uh, Georgia, or I guess my, 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 the rest of my grade school, I then ended up moving into the city for college uh, just because I wanted to get out of um, the suburban context. It was just kind of kind of boring, kind of slow. Um, I wanted to ultimately do something uh, impactful for our world, but I didn't really know what to do or how to do it because my parents were, uh, to be real, like, you know, immigrants. They didn't really know what could Absolutely. you even do in the U.S. They're, they're trying to uh, navigate. They're trying to learn to navigate. <clears throat> exactly. And they, uh, so they didn't really know how to direct me. They just, all they knew was, oh, if you become a doctor or a lawyer, you'll be successful. So they kept trying to push me towards that. And clearly I didn't do that. Um, and so they, they eventually became proud of me. But anyways, I, I went to the city because I was like, all right, I got to learn something somehow from somewhere. And so went into the city, like downtown Atlanta. Um, that's where I, I, I really appreciate it because I was back in a multicultural type context. Um, I was, I was able to connect with brilliant people. Uh, I went to Emory for undergrad and then Georgia tech for grad school. Um, I was, I was at Emory for pre-med um, just because again, my parents thought I should be a doctor and I didn't really know any better anyway. So I did pre-med, but I also did math and computer science um, just so that I, cause I loved gaming growing up. I loved um, tech. I love, you know, I remember when I was, uh, I think I was four years old, my dad got a windows 95. And yeah, I was four years old, I was born 91. So <clears throat> my dad got a Windows 95 and I loved it. I was, I was, I was on that thing all day. I, was, I remember I was learning from like Britannica or something, some like encyclopedia. Yep. <laughs> I was a little, I was a little kid like learning about cheetahs and elephants. And like, I was just like, it's funny because and I was like learning how to read using Britannica. Like I didn't learn it in school. I learned it just because of the computer because the computer itself was so fascinating. Um, so I knew that I loved technology. So um, yeah, going to school uh, at Emory was helpful for not only... Um, being able to discover that I liked technology, um, but also because it helped me better understand <clears throat> humans, relationships, um, really on the pre-med side, right? Because, you know, wanting to become a doctor, you have to learn about human anatomy, how humans are wired, how they work, but also you have to build relationships in that world. It's, it's very highly relational. Whereas the tech, the tech side, you could just be a little coder in front of your computer and never have to talk to a human being ever again. Um, so very, very different. But if you're able to bring those two worlds together, uh, technological innovation with human capital, human uh, relevance, human whatever, 
uh, you bring those two th things together it can be extremely uh, impactful, right? So I, I thought I wanted to work on like robotic arms and things like that. Um, but <clears throat> little did I know, um, I, uh, it was just hard to break into that world. Not just hard to break into is that world is very niche. There wasn't very many, there's like, now there's way more companies trying to work on those types of problems. But back then there was like one and that one also barely had funding. And so it was just like, all right, even if I wanted to work in that space, I'd probably have to work for free. And yeah. so I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm not working on that yet. Cause I don't have a nest egg to live off of yet. And so I then decided to just work in the web world. Um, I was 21 when I got my first job as a coder. Um, I, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, within about two years, I went from job to job to job, kind of growing up or, or um, getting promoted into higher positions. And uh, my last job when I was 23, um, I was a lead software architect for CNN, the news network, and they had, they had me on a project called greatbigstory.com. Um, and that's where it was essentially the TikTok of CNN. It's crazy because it was TikTok before we knew TikTok would be viral. Crazy. Um, yeah. It, it, and that's why I was able to have 3 million daily active users within two months is because it was that sort of microwave, you know, instant gratification type world. Absolutely. And um, we, we learned a ton through the project. It was really cool, but I ended up transitioning out and I found out that greatbigstory.com actually shut down a couple of years ago. Um, I, I ended up leaving. So <laughs> I, there wasn't, I, they had to find someone else to, cause I was the one, I was the lead on that. So they had to find someone else to end up leading that. But um, I ended up uh, focusing on a PhD in computer vision, machine learning at Georgia Tech. Uh, but I found out that was going to be like eight years. So about two and a half years in, I was like, all right, forget this. I'm settling for the master's degree. Um, I'm going to just try to build something on my own. Cause every context I was in, whether it be the web development world, you know, building, um, products for other companies like me building greatpicture.com for CNN, or, um, you know, me going to the research lab where everyone there just wants to tinker with drones and self-driving cars and you know, it's cool stuff, but <clears throat> there was never any direct path towards, productization or getting it out to the world and, and having people use it. They essentially would just work on cool tech, talk to the department of defense. Hey, do you want this? And 90%, 95% of the time, the department of defense say, no, nah, we have another version of it. And they're like, all right, we'll go back to the drawing board and work on something else. Just like, like literally just like wasting our time almost. Right. Where instead of going to the department of like in hindsight, I was like, we could literally just like ask that person who we just said, Hey, do you want this thing? And ask them, Hey, what do you need? Exactly. We didn't, we didn't even know to do that. So we were just like, oh, well, I guess we'll just try to come up with something and we'll, we'll be Steve Jobs and we, we know what you want us to build, and uh, which is not how Steve Jobs operate, even though people say that all the time. Um, and so we would just work on random junk, show it to them. They would say 95% of the time, no, we already have something. It's just like very inefficient, kind of just a waste of time. It was very clear to me that the people who were there and even the research professors who were there were just there because it was a system that existed and they could really live their actual lives that they're passionate about outside of that time. Yep. So they could tinker with stuff and it's like a fun little hobby, but then they go home with their family and friends, which is fine, which is good. It's just their, you know, most of their waking hours that they're spending at their day job, they're just killing their time. So all I have to say, I was like, man, there's gotta be a, a more um, effective way to, to live life. And so that's when I decided to start Immersed. So, uh, so let's go back. I want to ask you a, a couple probing questions about uh, oh, yeah. in your origin story. So did you know when, when was the point that you discovered basically your superpower or your distinct ability like what what when was that point when you were like no yes parents said pre-med or you know doctor yeah. or whatever the lucrative careers that which is smart because that's the thing I actually love about immigrants is they have a mindset of we want the economic value uh yeah. degrees we yeah. don't want make sense <laughs> we don't want the study of something random we want something yeah. that translates into dollars so <clears throat> When, when was that yeah. moment where you discovered that? 
Yeah. Um, so I started learning how to code when I was 20. So I was really late. Um, cause uh, the first like two or three years of undergrad, I was very focused on the pre-med side. But when I, when I started thinking, man, like I started sh- shadowing, um, orthopedic surgery, cardiothoracic surgery and neurosurgery. And it was cool because I, you know, I got to live the lifestyle that like, I would just follow them and I would like sleep the same time they slept and I'd wake up the same time they would wake up and we're in the hospital all day. And it was cool because I was able to get into the surgeries, you know, like I, he, while he was doing a craniotomy and taking someone's skull off and like kind of poking the sack that like was high pressure or whatever. And then like, you know, legit got like brain juice, like squirted on me. It was disgusting, but it, it was, it was good exposure. Um, I think for me though, like, as I started seeing how dark, the type of dark humor neurosurgeons, neurosurgeons had to have because their hit rate was super low, like the recovery rate of their patients just really bad. And so they just had to have almost like a dark humor in order to cope say, oh, this guy's probably going to die. It's like, you say that so lightly. And it was just very clear that they didn't know how to deal with it either. And for me, I was like, well, if y'all, y'all, if y'all don't know how to cope with this, I, I don't know how to cope with this type of stuff. And I don't know that I want to live this type of lifestyle. And yeah. so uh, I ended up deciding to not go the pre-med route because I, I wasn't the person that was super interested in things like pediatrics or I don't know, whatever different types of doctors there are, dermatology, I don't know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to do, cause I'm a very surgical minded person. Meaning when I see my, the way I operate in the tech world, I'm like highly meticulous. Um, I make sure that every detail is taken care of. Uh, that's what surgeons do on the med side, on the med- medical side, but on the tech side, I realized that that same gifting applies there. It's just, um, it's you, you, the output is different. Uh, I started coding when I was 20 because I knew I was good at math. And you know, I told you I had a perfect score on the math SATs. I, I, I just started taking math classes at Emory. And if you wanted to have a math major, uh, you have to take one coding class. So I took one coding class. I haven't told the story in a long time, so I forgot about this story. Um, I took one coding class and actually I got a C minus in it in, in Java. And, uh, it's part of it was, I was just so busy with everything else. I didn't really pay attention. And so I was just like coding random crap and it just wasn't even working. And so that made sense. Like you have to apply yourself. You have to really try. Um, but that was like the last thing on my mind. I was like, oh, I don't want to take this coding class. Like I'm, I want, I want to be a math major. And, but then, uh, after I got that C minus later that summer, another student told me, Oh, Hey, I'm taking that same class you took last year. Uh, can you, can you tutor me in it? I was like, I got a C minus. So you don't want me to tutor you. He's like, dude, I don't know anyone else who took any of those classes. So can you just please like show me at least some of this stuff? I'm like, all right, I'll try. And so when I started showing him some of the stuff I was working on, it started clicking, right? You've probably heard this phrase before. When you start teaching something, yeah, starts, things start making way more sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, I was like, wait, this makes so much sense. Why did I, why did I do it that way? That this is so much better. And like, I started really getting good at it just accidentally. And, and obviously I, I realized like that was God being sovereign in the process of like humbling me, giving me that first C minus. And then also showing me actually you're good at this thing. You just gotta be humble about it. Um, and so I started taking more coding classes and it turns out I was actually very, very good at it and it actually became fun. Um, anyways, uh, I'm just like reminiscing on some of the really cool projects I used to work on, um, back during, uh, kind of my small undergrad bubble, uh, homework Java project, uh, days where there were no consequences to what you build. Uh, <laughs> back then, it was I just- love it because this helps. Uh, the reason why I ask these questions that are probing around the foundation is because I don't want people to ever have the misconception that you were like dreaming in code when you were seven and five and, you know, you were doing coding competitions at age three. Like that's sometimes no. the misconception that people have is that they were, they, you know, they came out the womb as a so-called, yeah. but there was a process. 
Yeah, it's definitely a process. Um, Because what I will say is the DNA of what ended up being what I'm working on now, in hindsight, I could see signs of it here and there, like the Halo Pro stuff or um, (laughs) even beating up kids and winning fights. (laughs) Like it's so bad. But the desire for victory or the desire for accomplishing something, being successful, um, that was there all along the way. And now it's just expressed differently. I'm not fighting with kids anymore. Like, a more instead, <laughs> yeah, I'm not fighting with kids anymore. Now I'm fighting with Zuck in a different way. You know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it's 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 just a very uh, different type of context. But uh, you know, the, jokes aside, it's just like uh, I, I realized that all along the way, though I desired what I desired, God had still orchestrated a story or a um, a path that I would follow. And all along, he knew what he was doing. Like he knew where he needed me to be. Um, and even though I didn't know what the crap was going on, I could see God's love in that by uh, him just like kind of watching over all of this and making sure it needed to go where it ended up going while Renju was making the dumb little decisions that he made along the way. Can, um, you, think and of, so, can you think back on any um, couple of things? And then, I, of course, we're going to get into the world of tech. But can you think of any either... Uh, teachers, instructors, or role models that were that saw basically this dormant gold that was in you in some form and was able to call it out in your in your formative years. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Do us a favor: if this was useful in any way for you, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Reviews will allow others to easily discover the podcast. If you'd like more information and to receive a free download, rediscover your destiny, go to ceoofdestiny.com. Thanks again and tune in next time.